Women's History Month is a time to reflect on the courage of women in past generations and to celebrate how their efforts and bravery afforded women to opportunities and freedoms they have every day. And in honor of Women's History Month, I thought it'd be fitting to have a leader who's absolutely been a pivotal person in my life and someone I, I look up to so much, a leader, a mentor. Without further ado, my dear friend, my mentor, ch- retired Chief Mass Sergeant Susan Mace. What's going on? Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. You know, in my phone, I still have Chief Mace. I cannot bring myself to put Susan. And even when I talk about you to my wife, I always say Chief Mace. It's just, I, it doesn't. And you're Susan, right? You're so much more than a chief, right? But, it's been two years. No. I know, no. I, I was looking at this, uh, as, you know, I was thinking like, damn, I, I remember, because we promoted on the same day in 2016. We did. Right? And I think about that. Yep. I think like, it seemed like that was six, uh, almost six years ago, but it seems... I don't know. It seems like uh, it flew by, but it seems so much longer ago as well. But it's only been six years. It's Time crazy. flies. Yeah. How's retirement life uh, treating you? It's been great. So um, it came right at the right time, I think, because um, I retired a couple months before the big you know, pandemic hit. Yeah. It worked out really well because the boys couldn't go to school. And so I just kind of took over as the teacher and it hasn't stopped. So I've been homeschooling for the last two years. It's been pretty awesome. So you served 25 years in the military and and I really don't have planned questions. I just want to just throw this out and see where it goes. But yeah. 25 years, which is crazy to me. I feel like you, I feel like to me, I feel like you've only been in for 10 years. I don't know. It time's flying. But anyway, uh, 25, years in the, 25 years in the military, kind of thinking back, like while you were serving, look at this, you know, answer this maybe from two different perspectives. Like as you were serving, what did you want out of life? And now that you're retired, or that you're retired, what do you want out of life? Second part of that question is, when you were serving, what kind of legacy did you want to leave behind? And then same question, thought with uh, now that you're retired military. So I think those things evolved, right, over time. When you're a young 18-year-old coming straight out of high school into the military, you have different hopes and dreams than when it evolves once you have kids and a husband and a family, right? I think when I was serving, what I wanted to, and I think they line up, quite frankly, you want to make your legacy, you know, building good humans. And that matters for airmen and that matters for your kids, right? You want productive members of the military and society. But I think for that would, that was my overarching goal for leading, right? And you don't start that when, just because I made chief wasn't when I started leading, I tried to start leading as an airman. And so I think those things kind of came to not a crossroads, but a junction and joined together. And so I think that that is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an effective leader, someone who cared, um, someone who was remembered for that, uh, someone that people can still contact, you know, not only just for leadership questions, but just general advice or just need someone to confide in. That's what I wanted my legacy to be. I want my legacy to be, you know, my eulogy on my gravestone or if someone gives me says something about me later at, at my, when I pass away is that she cared, she loved, she lived and I'm better for it. That's perfect. Because I think for people in leadership positions, we don't do it for the thank yous uh-uh. and we're not always going to get the thank yous. And the, I guess the way like, and even as a parent, like, you know, you're going to do well by the time, like, people maybe are like further along in the career or after the fact, like people really don't appreciate you sometimes until after you're retired or they appreciate you more after you're retired. Right. And 
or even yeah. raising kids, you don't really realize if your kids turn out well or good human beings until they're like 25, right? It's like, yeah, until you hear it from somebody else, because you always think like, why are you doing that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's the hard love. Like there's plenty of people that are like, why are you doing that? Sergeant, master sergeant, whatever. Uh, why? I don't understand. You know, it could be, it could be six months down the road, it could be five years down the road. They're like, ah, I get it. Thank yeah. you. Because we don't want to be, um, we don't like constructive criticism. We don't like feedback when it's not positive. Yeah. You know, it's hard to take. It's hard to grow from that. But that is the important part of life is being able to take that, understand it, kind of dwell on it a little bit and yeah. then move forward in a, in a good direction. And so, yeah, I agree. It's, <laughs> you know, they think back on it and they're like, oh, all right, yeah, I get it. A couple of things on that. I can remember getting chewed out one day three times by Chris Smith, Ty Smith and Brock Myers. It was kind of like, because like, you were on Weave or TDY or something, and they were yeah. collectively filling in for you. And, uh-huh. and uh, I don't know, I was doing flight chief stuff and whatever it is I did that day. And they told me to come down the squadron. They each, <laughs> they took turns like, but it was tough love. And I loved all those guys. I'm still friends yeah. with them to this day. Now, one of the things I always appreciated about you was, for me, I always feel like people like coming up, right? And, you, you know, you met me when I was a master sergeant and a brand new uh, flight chief. And uh, for those uh-huh. not familiar with the flight chief, I was basically, I had the opportunity to serve in a uh, leadership position, I think of 25 people. You know, people always told me that I needed to like tone it down, right? You know, like people didn't appreciate like my energy or the things uh-huh. I felt like I brought to the table. And for you, that's one thing I can remember you pulling me aside and I'm about to do my Susan Mason impression, like, Martin... <laughs> I love your passion and I love your energy. Right. And I always felt like you, and that was refreshing. The fact that like you, I mean, you know how I am and I get excited yeah. and all that stuff, but like you mm-hmm. appreciated respect that. And you always try to think of ways to leverage that to reach people. But how important is that for, for some, for leaders to kind of identify the, the things that make make each person special and then harnessing that to the greater good. You know, it's, it's really difficult. I'm at, at the unit that we were at together, you know, 360, 80 yeah. plus people, whatever, at all the different sites that they were at can be really difficult to ID that. And you're not going to be able to do that for every person. But what I tried to do was, and I, you know, and I, I, I know I failed. I probably didn't identify everything in everybody. It is really important to not squash someone's personality or squash someone's innate ability to to be passionate about what they're doing. Why would you ever want to squash someone's passion? Because that is what draws others in. We all have something that we're good at or something that, that people just want to be around that person. And that's what you need, especially in the squadron that size. Yeah. Um, you know, there were 33 you know, mid-level, whatever, senior leaders, however you want to um, put it. And not all of them were as effective as others, right? But they yeah. had their own their own lanes. And so I tried to, you know, pull everybody in, get, get to know each person and then identify where they were good at and um, the things that motivated them and the things that I knew they would want to do. So if I got them doing that, then I could count on them to do the things that maybe they weren't so passionate about, but could pull other people in. And I think it's really important to, to leverage those, those skills and that passion and that energy, because you can't find that everywhere. And I would rather have someone who is super passionate and super energetic and just boisterous to where I can say, all right, yep, I got that. 
uh, go out there and grab those, you know, 40 airmen and let's roll, let's go do this. Then someone who's just, yeah, all right, that's great. Cause <laughs> not many people are going to be passionate or want to get behind that. Yeah. So yeah, I was all about it. It was good. <laughs> I think boisterous is a, I think you might've used that word to describe me once before is uh, boisterous. And I'm like, it's fitting. I mean, I can't, well, I can't, I can't. And it's not boisterous in a bad way. Like no, you're no, just no, barging through, but. No, 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 but it's, uh. It, it's it was always appreciated because I you know like you just got it right and and I always I always appreciated like the support. Looking back on your career, what's something like man? You're like what's like maybe one specific example or instance? Like I'm so proud of that. There's a couple. So I think that a proud moment for me um, when I first came in, I was you know I was a young naive airman female. And, you know, it's, it's a male driven environment, right. it's, you know, especially back, I came in in the nineties and yes, I'm aging myself, but I'm a young, you know, I'm a young, young at heart. Let's do that. <laughs> but when I first came in, it took me a long time to, to grow my voice. Um, so I could be heard, understood, um, and respected, you know, for, for the things that I, I brought to the table. Um, and just the person that I was moment for me was when I wasn't a chief, obviously, I, you know, my chief pulled me in and he said, Susan, he's like, you're going to go big places. And, you know, you always get told these things. And I, you know, sometimes you don't want to hear them because you feel so much pressure from it. Yeah. But he said, you're going to, you, you could go places. He's like, uh, what I want you to harness understanding that some of us are basically like the book nerds and get the mission side, get everything. And then some of us really, and I think you've heard this story, but really rally around the people and the people are just drawn to you. Uh, You have that quality. And he, you know, he said, own it, hone it and bring others with you. And I think that was really a pivotal moment for me because, because it gave me the confidence to just go out there and just make things happen and just do it, you know? And so that was really important for me to hear because I was, you know, I would say I was, maybe I was passive, a little bit passive and just let things happen around me. But when he had that discussion with me, it really felt empowered me to go out there and just make a change for the better. And I think that is a turn in my career. And that was probably when I was a, an early master sergeant. So it was later in my career doing great things. I was, that wasn't an issue, but it was just, just like, oh, wow. Okay. Somebody sees me, sees my quality. And like you said, appreciates it and go. That was really kind of a key turning point for me, I think. Uh, and from that, you know, I, I had my voice and I was able to stand up for the airmen. And there were a couple of times where we didn't have such great leaders above. I was able to kind of stand up and say, look, I, I do not agree, I, you know, respectfully. And I don't think if I hadn't had that conversation with that, with that chief, that I would have been able to do that as effectively as I did. And so I think that was it. Finding my voice. That was a big change for me in, a, in an important step in my career. I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. That's great. <laughs> it, really actually, it actually kind of drives another question. Was mm-hmm. there a situation or maybe a period in your life where when you were in a leadership position and you had to make a tough decision and you're like, you just didn't feel good about it at the time or, or you were like, you know, kind of maybe thinking like, why me or why is this happening? But reflecting on that now, you realize, oh, it's, it's actually it actually paid off in the in the long run. Was there basically was there a failure in the past or an apparent failure that uh, set you up for future success? So I think so. So I think that it was a fail, maybe a seen by others as a failure. But you know, behind the scenes, I was 
I was really working on it, you know, but we had a situation where senior leaders were, senior leaders were bringing alcohol into the vault and they were, you know, they were doing their like five o'clock, let's get together meeting. They were like throwing the bottles and stuff into trash cans and, and my airmen were finding those things when they were having to go through and clean up and they were having to stay late for the vault because they thought there was meetings going on, but there wasn't. (laughs) I feel my failure was I wasn't able to make a change and make that stop. Okay. You know, yeah. I voiced my opinion. I tried to get them to see reason, um, but I didn't have a strong enough, maybe strong enough voice at that time for them to listen and say, Hey, you know what? Our superintendent is saying, this is, this is a no-go let's listen. So for me, that was a big failure that made me change my tactics for future events that ha- that occurred uh, to where I was, I was listened to, I was respected. I kind of yeah. built better relationships and and it shouldn't have had to come to uh, an event that that I won't discuss, but an event that happened from those things that got attention from higher level leadership, you know. But if they had to listen to me, then those things maybe wouldn't have happened, um, and my airmen would have felt protected, not used, because that's what they felt they were being used. Yeah. No, that's a tough, and that's even like a part of uh, almost like ethical leadership, right? When uh, yes, absolutely. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I want to kind of switch gears now and take it a, uh, a little bit uh, different path. 25 years in the military. And I know from past talks, right, you, t- you told me some other things that, you know, that you're, you're uh, some other uh, occupations that you're pursuing. But basically, what's your advice for those who want to reboot, uh, reboot their life or maybe change uh, direction? You know, it all comes down to, I think, the question, what do you want out of life? There's no whys to it. Why questions really get you nowhere, right? It's ask the what question. What do I want out of life? And you know me, I've had, to, oh my goodness, my Simon, he's like, just decide on the master's degree. Cause I have probably enough credits to get like four master's degrees. I just, I'm passionate about so many things, yeah. you know? And so I have to sit down and say, what do you want, Susan? What is it that you want? And so my final question, my final answer to that was, I want to enjoy what I'm doing and for my kids to see my passion. I'm finishing my degree and my master's in industrial and organizational psychology so that I can help affect the education, training, and and the organization as a whole being effective and being a, you know, a working unit and appreciating each other. And so that is what I'm finished my degree in. And so hopefully that should be done December. And then, and this is funny because this will be my third time, not restarting it, but getting back into it. I only have four classes left, but I was like, oh my gosh, just finish it. Uh, Because it is something that I'm passionate about and I love people and I'm a people person. So finishing up that degree, but I think it really comes down to what do you want out of life and what is your passion? You know, it's all goes back to the same question, which people get kind of burnt out about is what's your why? (laughs) And um, I like to rephrase it because I think that, you know, what do you want is a more direct question. And it, it allows you, you know, like I like goal setting and goal setting is fine, but you reach the goal and then you're like, What's next? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So why not just ask the overarching question and those things, those stepping stones, that ladder rung, rungs on a ladder, get you to what you want. So I am doing the uh, industrial organization psychology degree, finishing that, um, accepted into nursing school. And then when I started doing it, I was like, yeah, you know, which was awesome. And I would love it. But then I got to thinking, 
back to what do I want? And I retired to be a part of my kid's life to make sure that Simon can continue on with his amazing journey in the military and to just make life easier. Is nursing school that? Absolutely not. And I love nurses and my sister's a nurse. I'm so thankful for them. But at this time in my life, that is not what I wanted or, you know, why I made the choices I did. So, yep. So I'm not, so I had to call them and I talked to the director. I said, thank you for accepting me, but I'm going to have to, you know, decline. What, at this what a power move. You're like, you just want to see if I, you know, you should be like, I just want to see if I could get accepted, but I'm good. I, no. Honestly, I did. Well, I did. What and I flex. felt bad because what I was flex. like, I hope that there's a backup. You're you, like, know? you know what? I am a retired chief master sergeant and the, and the world's greatest air power. <laughs> I drive a Dodge neon green. No, I'm <laughs> just, you know, I really, I panicked because when I started getting orientations, the practical malwares, the, and I was like, I worked 12 hours, you know, in active duty. I, I, I did my time doing that. And, um, I don't want to be away from my, my boys and my, my husband. And, you know, luckily I have an air force retirement thing. Thank goodness. Yeah. Because I mean, it allows you freedom to choose, and I'm so thankful for those 25 years. But that's what I would say. Like if someone's just trying to figure out what is it that I need, that I need yeah. or that I want to do, do I, you know, you have to make the decision that's right. Could I have stayed for 30 years? For sure. Yeah. But it wasn't right for us at the time. I did my 25 years. I am so thankful and blessed that I was a chief master sergeant. You know, luck and timing rolled out on that one. And I'm just super thankful. But 25 years was good. My husband and I would have been separated if, if I'd have stayed in and I was not about to have that. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just I'm just blessed. I really am. No, Might sound cliche, but I but I feel blessed. And I love that, you know, you focus on the family because that's something I learned from you uh, years or, you know, five or six years ago. You would take off early from work on some weekdays just because you're like, hey, I want to take my sons to. You know, I know Brendan and Xander are involved on like 90 different things or whatever. So, you know, you know or you yeah. know, like you'd bring in work some days. And I can remember them being in your office, like drawing on a whiteboard. And there'd be days where, yeah. you know, at, my t- at the time, you know, my daughter, who was four or five years yeah. old, and she'd be in her office too and just coloring. And, yep. you know, and it was just, uh, yeah. it's awesome. And you have to, yeah, you have to be able to, for one, believe it, do it, show it. Families are important. The military and the mission, of course, it has to happen. But is it not going to happen because you have to bring your kid in because it's sick and you have a dual working family? No. And there are plenty of people that I would hope around the organizations, civilian or military, that would do the same for theirs. So, yeah. These questions are awesome. Yeah. No, I think I am most excited about the freedom that I have. You know, like, the freedom of choice. It is an amazing feeling because you don't have that. But now granted my freedom is limited because my husband's still active duty. So we, yeah. we don't have all the freedom. We can't say, Hey, we're going to Europe and we're, you know, we're going to hang out here for four months. Just the freedom from day to day of knowing that I get to educate my children right now. It, probably, it may not stay that way forever, but I get to teach them all about the current situations between, you know, Russia and Ukraine yeah. and how that's affecting the economy, all those cool things that you can delve into. And then ability to choose my next path, which I guess would go along with freedom as well. So that would be the overarching theme, right? But choose what lies ahead for me and what, what is in store. And I can affect that. Awesome. So that's what I'm excited about. 
Now, uh, yeah. Alexa, I just watching all the stuff you're posting on Facebook. I know you just took the yeah. boys out to LA. Uh, yes. Was that last month? Well, it was in it was in January. Yep, yeah, but they just got with a runway show yesterday, and That's awesome. um, and so yeah, they they really enjoy it. So we no, may be going out to New York. I don't know. We're, we'll we'll find out in a couple of weeks. No, so. a bit, like you said, you have that freedom now, right? And it's not you don't have to beautiful. think like I don't have to deconflict my work schedule or take leave. And that's. Or, Yes. And that is, that's really just amazing is that, you know, especially with me homeschooling them right now is that we can, we just up and take our books with us if we have to go do a, you know, a photo shoot or a job somewhere. And, and it, it it just gives them such an awesome opportunity and just growth in who they are and, you know, meeting all these people. It's really neat. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, just take it back to like the, the first part of the conversation. We were uh, just focused. We were diving a little bit into uh, mentorship and just in your mind or like or in your opinion, what comes first, trust or, or uh, vulnerability? Mm. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. Right? Vulner- no, but I would say vulnerability because vulnerability builds trust. Yeah. If you're, you can have trust, but it could be superficial, right? Yeah. It can be just sort of like, oh, okay. Yeah. The boss she shouldn't steer me wrong. I trust where she's taking me or he's taking me. Yeah. But true trust that lies for years with a person and you, you know, you stay in contact. Like I stayed in contact with a lot of you because I trust you. I trust your opinions. I trust what you're going to tell me. Um, I know you, I know your families. I've made it a part to build trust amongst the group, amongst your family um, you know, I would go and see Laura and I'd ask her yeah. a question, you know, I would trust, I would try, it's big, but it comes from vulnerability. It comes from showing your true self. It comes from, and not vulnerability in the fact that you blurt out all of your life's history, right? That's not vulnerability. Yeah. That's just sharing. Um, but vulnerability just comes from someone understanding your weaknesses, your true deep weakness, and they can help you build a better foundation, if you will. They can be that part that's the, your weakness. They're the strength. And it all comes from team building and understanding that. But you have to understand your people. And they have to be able to trust you enough to also do a two-way vulnerability, right? It, yeah. it just has to be that. And so I would say that is a difficult question because you would say, oh, no, you have to be trust to be vulnerable. But I would say you have to be vulnerable to earn the true trust. These are, Try these to get Brene Brown on me. I know, right? I love her. <laughs> I mean, no, so, uh, yeah, she's uh, fantastic. You know, just another thing you did for me is I'm currently in the same position that you were back in Hawaii, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. I love it. And it's just crazy. But there's a lot of lessons now that I'm applying based on what I learned six years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, trial and error. Yep. And even for the development aspect, you know, I encourage and I, I've, I've read so many books over the past six years. And it really started, I mean, I, between high school and really probably do like my first um, uh, 13 or 14 years in the military, I read mm-hmm. a book here and there, but I just didn't care. Right. You know, yeah. uh, it just wasn't my thing. And I mean, just the thought of like sitting down and reading wasn't a, uh, I was like, I can't do that. But then we started that book club where you started that book club uh-huh. in Hawaii. And, you know, I remember reading, leading with, uh, leading with honor by uh, Lee Ellis. Yep. And uh, there were whatever it seemed like whatever chapter we were reviewing for that week or every two weeks or however often we met up was something that applied directly. I was like, man, this I'm experiencing experiencing uh, this right now at work or in my personal life. Mm-hmm. I can apply these lessons learned to help me develop personally and professionally. So I've since carried that on. But no. And then uh, since then, I mean, I've read actually I say a lot of books, probably about 10 because I really take my time with reading books and taking notes and 
it's really internalizing it. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, it all stemmed from you. And I remember you're going away gift for me and I still have it. You know, you bought me a book and I don't want to say the name of it, but, uh, but I love that book. And, uh, and I've yeah. actually built a PDS, a professional development, uh, brief off yeah. that. And, you know, you wrote, you, uh, you inscribed on it and gave me a, a nice mm-hmm. personal note. And I've since, yep. uh, no pun intended, but passed that torch on, right. I have bought books for people and, you know, and I love it and started a, a, a foster fire, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's surprising because um, that fire was lit for me when I made Master Sergeant. And um, and I still have the book. Uh, it was Colonel and the Chief at the time at the 17th Training uh, Wing. And um, to all of us that made E7, they handed out a book and they wrote inside of it, you know. And I thought, and I obviously I read that book and kind of took it in. And, and I thought, wow, this is, I love this. And so they inspired me. And so ever since then, you know, for the ranks that made it, I, you know, master and above, I would always buy, buy that group, a book. And for certain people, um, if I find a book, I'll, I'll just buy it and, you know, write it and send it to them. I'm like, oh my gosh, that matches their personality and where they're at in life right now. And it's not to be like, oh, Hey, you gotta like me. So that's not it. It's, it's just truly like, oh my gosh, this is something that's really cool. And if it takes great, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't, Oh, well, but there was a couple of you in that unit that were like, oh, my goodness, a book, you know, (laughs) and, you know, but now it's good. Yeah, the book you bought me, uh, I'll say extreme ownership. So I started taking notes on it and I have like 25 pages of notes, you know, in my just different things that really stuck with me. But I remember that for the, because you bought like five or six people books. It was all, uh, not everyone got the same book. And oh. I thought that was cool too. Because like for me, I was like, oh man, this is perfect. Uh, Try to mesh with personalities and, yeah. and what some, what I think someone can can take from it. Now, uh, one thing I did want to ask you is, because I feel like I'm a very vulnerable person, but I, you know, and I, I don't see that as a bad thing. I, I see it as a strength. Like to me, vulnerability equals strength. But what are, what are your thoughts uh, on insecurity as motivation for living life fully? Yeah, we all have insecurities, right? And insecurities come from whether it's from our childhood, whether it's from a situation that's occurred as we've grown, you know, grown up. Yeah. Um, But insecurities, they can be a detriment or they can be something that boosts you to the next level. And so I would say it's in how you handle your insecurities because they can really be the devil on your shoulder if you're not careful. But we all have, like, I have insecurities. I, you know, I was like, hey, Martin, what what questions are you gonna ask me? You know, <laughs> you know because we all have yeah. we all have issues. Yeah, yeah I have a question. Uh, How you didn't you? give in, right? <laughs> you didn't you didn't tell me. Nope. Um, which is fine, but we you know we have insecurities, but you have to be confident enough in your strengths that those insecurities don't outweigh everything, and just know where your your weaknesses lie or your insecurities are, and just try to to become stronger at those things. You know, you have to work on it. We have to work on it. No one is perfect and no one is ever free from having to develop themselves. And if they do, then, hmm, you know, we get, let's have a talk (laughs) because, um, yeah, we always are growing, always are learning, always are developing, um, because situations change daily. Right. So I would say you have to be careful with insecurities, know what your insecurities are, do some self, you know, sort of delve into deep honest truth with yourself, right? Know thyself and famous quote, right? Um, because you truly do have to know thyself in order to be the best version of yourself. 
And that's where you can find your insecurities and strengthen, strengthen your strengths Yeah, and make those insecurities not so, um, not so noticeable. Yeah. I've definitely seen a lot of leaders fail just because they, um, they try to act like they're perfect. Right. And, and it's, oh. it's okay. It's okay. Not to be perfect. Like nobody no. is perfect. No one wants to see a perfect leader because it doesn't exist. No, exactly. And you right. can't, yeah. you can't build that trust. If you see someone like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and then you're, you fall into that trap of people see you as perfect and then they try to emulate that and they never reach it. And yeah. there comes their, their failures and insecurities start to just surmount and they, they, you know, dive under a pile of leaves because they yeah. can't meet those expectations and it's not fair and it's not healthy. You talked about how I didn't give you the questions. That's funny because, uh, you know, Chief Fight was a guest on <laughs> my podcast uh, actually four years ago now. Yeah. Uh, one of my first episodes. And uh-huh. I'm very proud of that episode. But his his office uh-huh. or his staff reached out to me or one of his uh, team members to ask me, hey, we need a list of questions. And I'm like, I don't have any. Like, yeah. We're just going to talk. Uh-huh. And I sent him something to say, hey, we'll probably t- we'll probably talk about this. Yeah. And we didn't talk about anything like that. You know, because <laughs> I asked him, he said something during his intro when he came onto the show. And then mm-hmm. I, just, I just dug into that and it just spawned yeah. like five or six different uh, rabbit holes, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, and it was amazing. But yeah, same thing. And it's just, you know, I flexed on the chief master in the Air Force and said, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not I'm not caving to you. <laughs> no. I just want to wrap up with a couple uh, uh, last few questions. But why is mentorship and coaching so important? Because everybody needs somebody to help them move forward. If we don't mentor and we don't coach, even when people really feel like they don't want it, that mentorship and coaching turns into really you're, you're, you care about that person. You yeah. care about their development. So mentorship and coaching is important because it shows that you care. You're invested in someone. And that's what's so important because no matter what, people want to be cared for. People want to be seen, heard. And that, that's what I feel is important about coaching and mentoring. Man, these are, just, these are nuggets. These are, hit, these are golden gems. So th- <laughs> these are nuggets. Uh, just wrapping up, uh, let's give a shout out. Like who's a strong female leader and mentor that you've looked up to uh, throughout uh, your career, maybe in the past or even still to this day? So, you know, I've, I thought about that, especially uh, at the runway show for my boys. At the end of it, they had to shout out to because it's women's history month. And so the, um, the person doing the the runway show was like, Hey, at the end, let's all go around and give a shout out to, you know, to women, famous women of history or someone that you respect. Um, so, you know, I've been giving it a lot of thought to that. And there's a few, but it's going to sound cliche, but my mom, like I call her the British spitfire, but she is, uh, a fantastic woman that I look up to tremendously. Uh, she is the reason why I joined the Air Force because initially they denied me entry uh, because of a medical issue with my foot, which yeah. there wasn't. But anyway, um, and she wrote to President Clinton, the vice president, um, our congressman at the time in Florida, which was Porter Goss, who later became, you know, uh, the last DNI. She got me in. She's the reason why I served for 25 plus years. And she just shows strength day after day. You know, she's been through so much. Um, and so, gosh, she is someone that I look up to every day and guides me through many situations throughout my life yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that some parents have been like, 
get out, you know, like you, what is going on? She's fantastic. You know, but on other notes, if you, you know, want famous people or whatever, I think of, cause I was raised in England. So I think of Margaret Thatcher, Okay, like, you know, like what in the early eighties, she is the, you know, prime minister. what that is insane. And she was a boss. Like she was amazing. And, you know, and you know, if you talk about modern day, you know, some of the authors and researchers, Brene Brown, obviously I love her work and I think she's doing great things. Uh, came from a social work background, then turned into researcher. Another one is Tasha Yurek. She mm-hmm. wrote a book, a couple books, right? But she wrote Insight, which I find amazing. That you know, and she she's a, also an organizational psychologist, so she's sort of the reason that I got into the degree IO psychology for sure. My mom is the one that that I hold up on a pedestal amongst all others. Um, she is just a boss lady, you know, worked three jobs for us as a kid, yeah. uh, traveled an hour on a train to London, was there from six in the morning till nine at night. You know, she's just all for us, you know, to make sure we had a, a good living, a good life. My mom, no, that's great. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher is a boss as well. And she's, she did great things to break in that glass ceiling. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to the British Spitfire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. She's a British Spitfire. <laughs> I have uh, I have two bonus questions for you. Uh, yeah. This one's going to throw you for a loop. So, I like that. and this is I mean this is a standard question I hear it on a lot, on a lot of pod- podcasts. So it's not like a super yeah. rare question, but okay. uh, if there's a movie made about your life, I'm not going to ask who's going to play you. Uh, we'll just say Meryl Streep because I think does she play Meryl, uh, Margaret Thatcher in the uh, movie? I think she does. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was watching yeah, that on a plane so. recently, and uh, <laughs> Meryl Streep's in everything, yeah. right? So. <laughs> Who's going to play Simon? Oh, Simon. Oh, my goodness. And I have a couple of suggestions, but you just, I, want, I want to give you a chance first. Um, I'm going to feed his ego, too. I was thinking like, like a Matt Damon or because Matt Damon's a smart dude like that. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking like that looks intelligence. Maybe like a Matt Damon. He's off limits because he's he's contracted to play me. Well, oh, you, like, yes, I know you, but like, like I mean, that's just the, that, that's the and game, obviously so. I'm not looking at you going Matt Damon. <laughs> but um, no, huh? I, I don't know who are you. I'm like, I don't know. You know, we're gonna go all out with your movie. Like it's not yeah. gonna be some like it's not gonna be some rom com or some serious movie. It's gonna be like 1980s, <laughs> like mid 90s, action packed. You know, yes. hear a movie. So uh, his casting choices, you know, and really, will it Simon to be the casting director? A prime Bruce Willis, or uh, uh, or, yeah. or maybe like you know, let's go all out, or Jason uh, Statham. Oh yeah. You know what? Or let's just go with the Rock. Like, why not? So like, <laughs> why not? Like, let's, Rock's a bit of a stretch, but he's you know he is. Uh, you know, well, for no reason, I'm just gonna throw a random name out there. Uh-huh. Mm, Matthew McConaughey, if that rings a bell to you. <laughs> Maddie, <laughs> yes, so, he's yeah, he's a favorite of mine. So, uh, so I can't find that picture that I have. Uh, I have pictures of like myself and the <laughs> Rock, myself and Terry yeah. Crews. Yeah, you couldn't hook me like, up though. That's uh, all right. Whatever. Uh, uh, Michael Keegan Key or whatever. Yeah. All these people like uh, uh, Catherine McPhee, Jack Black, Nick yep. Jonas. I can't find. Yep. It, but I'll tell you. Can't find the one that matters. No, he. I'm telling you. I'm, uh, I stand by my statement. Matthew McConaughey yeah. smells like he looks right, and the, like well, he yeah. like, he looks like a lot of things, but he smells like the Pacific Ocean, 
yeah. and across between the Pacific Ocean and his, and a Lincoln, in his Airstream and, surfer day, like days. Yeah, yeah, and then like a Lincoln MKZ. Yeah, there you go. Leather and ocean. Uh, yeah. uh, last Glad question. You got that opportunity. Not jealous still. <laughs> Let's just say that yep. if there was a giant billboard and. <gasps> If there's five thirty in the evening, so we know, or five o'clock in the evening, or late afternoon, uh-huh. so there's it's it's gridlocked, it's traffic jam. So everyone uh-huh. sees your billboard and had your leadership message on it. What would you want that message to say? My goodness, Martin, mm-hmm. lead yourself first and lead others with humility, honesty, and vulnerability. Perfect. Because you have to lead yourself first. And then I think those are those are three of my values, you know, that I try to to stay true to throughout my whole career. So No, that that's perfect. I love it. No, I just really thank you for um, of thinking of me and for bringing me on your podcast journey. Uh, I can't wait to be like, yeah, I was on his and like episode blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Now he's at like episode 2500 because I love, uh, you know, and even Simon and I talk about um, you still today and we are um, really in awe of how you just go for it. And it's the same, you know, we love it. I think that that is such a fantastic quality is to jump into something Feet first with passion, with love, and just do what you love, right? Yeah. Uh, we are always in awe of you. And we, thank you. Um, we're, I'm really thankful to be on your journey. So thanks so much uh, for having me. I wish you the best of luck. No, thank you so, so much. So proud of you. Thank you. Oh, uh, I, I seriously <laughs> could not have done it uh, without you. And that's why I reached out to you, I think, a couple months ago when I was selected. And, yeah. you know, I called, I called Chris Smith. And I called Brock Myers. I called Ty Smith. Collectively, like you four had such a, I mean, man, I feel like there's always been people who just for whatever reason don't like me. And that's okay. We're not everyone's cup of tea. I, I think I have a strong personality. So it's I'm going to stand out. And as a yeah. result, people are either going to be with me or against me. But uh, yeah. you four specifically, I always felt like, you know, were my support corner. You guys may have been sitting in the nosebleeds, but I could still hear you when I was down in the arena because you're, you know, you're cheering so loudly for me. So, yeah, uh, man, just uh, just family. And I know this is Women's History Month, but you're so much more like I, you know, I'm trying to get away from you. I am. I am getting away. And I <laughs> want people to stop labeling like, well, that's a strong female leader. Right. Yeah. Like, because we don't yeah. say. That, you know, we don't say General Patton was a strong male leader. We don't yeah. say, yeah. Uh, right, or George Washington or whatever. So I want yeah. to say, like, you know, a strong leader is a strong leader, right? Because uh-huh. we're categorizing. Like, I had an opportunity six months ago to meet uh, General Lauterbach, and I forget her uh, exact uh-huh. job title. But I was, like, just, like, blown away by her. And, I mean, she's so impressive and just down to earth. Yeah. And, yeah. and I heard someone at work went, like, oh, man, she's an amazing female leader. I'm like, no, she's an amazing leader. Right. Because yeah. like, you know, there again, just I, I want to get away from categorizing. I mean, I thought about like, who could I have on, you know, really just try to uh, capitalize on March and have mm-hmm. on. And I mean, your, your name is just just instant. So, uh, well, I, thank you. you know, so on behalf of my family and I just thank you so much just for respecting our, uh, my family, for taking mm-hmm. care of my family and just nurturing and just uh, being our biggest supporter. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me on, Martin. It's good seeing you. Good talking to you. All right, everyone, that wraps up this episode of Passing the Torch. Thank you so much to my guest, Susan Mays. Again, more than just a female leader, she's a strong leader 
an amazing person. So and I'm so glad and thankful. My family and I are so glad and thankful to have uh, in our lives. If you want to help support this podcast, uh, just consider subscribing. And if you want to see more of this type of content, uh, make sure you, uh, you do subscribe. So you'll get notified every time a new episode pops up. All right, everyone, that wraps it up. Remember, vision, relate, develop. Take care, everyone. Foster out.